The Invino Fab podcast brings meaningful conversations to our community of listeners. Part of this is sharing stories with and by our friends like Telesom, who want to bring meaningful experiences to you. At Telesom, we're on a mission to create meaningful work for sommeliers, meaningful connections for wine lovers, and to change the face of wine. For this season of Infino Fab, we're honored to raise a glass with sommeliers who want to share their wine secrets and knowledge with you. For this season of Invino Fab, we're collaborating with Telesom to fill your cup and your ear with Somalia stories, uncorking the wine tales. We're so excited to kick off the Telesom and Invino Fab series with the founder of Telesom, Vanessa Raymond. Vanessa is a sociotechnologist and entrepreneur. She has worked in tech since 2012 and is committed to software that solves real-world problems, improves people's lives, and makes for a more equitable and just world. Vanessa is mixed-race Samoan-American, passionate about justice and equality, and seeking to make real change in the world. Vanessa was first introduced to the world of wine as an assistant cook on the S.V. Stephen Tabor from co-owner and wine professional Jane Barrett Barnes. She went on to work as the assistant to Michael Dorff during the startup phase of, of City Winery. After leaving New York to join the Peace Corps as a volunteer in Bulgaria, she fell in love with Bulgarian wines and wine traditions for homemade wine and small-scale family vineyards. She then spent six months living and tasting in Santa Barbara and fell in love with wine towns, vineyard landscapes, and great wines. Well, welcome to the Invino Fab podcast, Vanessa. We're really excited to have you here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for joining us. To uh, to kick us off, we would just we always love to start by just hearing people's story. So yeah, what's not in your bio that we just read out? Oh my God, there's so much that's not in my bio. (laughs) This is always a hard story for me to tell. Um, So I'm originally from Massachusetts um, and I left when I was nine. Um, I moved to Saudi Arabia and then American Samoa and then back to Massachusetts. Um, So I, my childhood was like moving to very different places and living there for a long time. Um, I went to college at Hampshire College, which is in Western Massachusetts, and I studied jazz history. I, that's kind of a lie. I studied jazz as a culture because you make up your own degree. Um, so now in the real world, I either say cultural studies or jazz history, which is both sort of true. Um, and I did radio when I was there. I love radio. So it's super cool to be on your podcast because I, I love like audio and the stories. Um, and then I went to work in the music industry in New York uh, for a, he was a music producer at that time. Um, his name is Michael Dorf but he was launching City Winery at the same time. And I was his executive assistant. So like I wasn't trying to do wine, but wine was there in this weird way. Um, I then went to work at Jazz at Lincoln Center, um, which is wonderful and incredible for someone who likes jazz. And then I left to have this wanderlust. So I went to the Peace Corps. Um, And then several years later, I ended up in Alaska where I was studying Arctic politics And I started working for a group that processes satellite imagery for for weather, for fire, for ash, for aviation, all this sorts of stuff. So I've kind of like bopped around a lot and had almost three careers at this point, which was like music, then development work, and then this sort of tech stuff that I've been doing for the last decade. And then I started Telesom. So that's kind of the short, short story. (laughs) That's really neat. I love how Telesom kind of brings it all together, like the tech, 
the jazz makes me think of wine, you know, the, the different places that you, that you've lived. Do you feel, do you feel like that? That's kind of like a culminating point in your journey. Yeah. In these weird, in this weird way, um, it, it does like pull things together after the fact in a way that I wasn't starting to do that. I didn't set out to do any of these things. And now through Telesom, I get to reconnect and tell the stories of my past, which I don't usually tell like in my day to day, they don't come up like my host dad in Bulgaria's wine. Like that's not mm. a thing that, that comes up. So it's very cool to be able to uncover my own past mm. through Telesom. I was going to say, I think your thread is actually culture. It's about the places that like, if I was going to weave your story, it's maybe yeah, jazz and wine and places and people, but it's like the aspect of that fabrics woven together and understanding and it's funny that you said you, your cultural studies could be ja- your jazz degree is kind of weaving those together. It's about all those coming together and come. And I, I think it's less a tech thing and more of a like people and culture thing is in some ways, it sounds like. Yeah. I call myself a socio-technologist because I'm a technologist, but I'm interested in the way that humans use technology. So I agree with you. It's really like the culture of, of humans using technology or the culture of humans imbibing wine. Mm-hmm. I knew we were a fast friend for that reason. I too am a technologist. <laughs> no, it's, it's, a, it's an offshoot of like um, some anthropologists joined in there, some environmentalists joined in there. Like it's really cool. It's weaving together what those intersections are. And I think that's really neat. What do you think led you to where you are now? Not, not physically, but like what you're working on these days. We should let our listeners know during this season, we're going to feature uh, an amazing app you have, but it's not just an app. So it's called Telesom. If you could say a little bit about what Telesom is and why you started it, that would be great. So Telesom is a marketplace app. So basically you can buy things on our app and the things you can buy are wine experiences. They're totally customized to you. So it's a tasting that's built around your taste or a question you have with wine. They're a class. Um, They can be a consultation like personal shopping or planning a trip to Willamette Valley, whatever it is that you're trying to do. We have um, 12. Actually, I signed another one last night. So 13 (laughs) sommeliers on the app and they just want to help people uncover their own palate and be a guide through wine and they're incredible people. Um, but Telesom is like a lot more than that. We're also trying to change the face of wine and we're also trying to support small wine producers. So maybe lesser known people and small wine shops all over the country and also the world. And could you tell us a little bit about like how you're doing that and you know some of the different services that are offered? A lot of it is, is the way that I pick the Psalms to be on the app. I choose people who really value small producers and want to help their clients discover things that they like in in the glass. And that can be through history, through language. So the person I just brought on is a linguist, a Spanish linguist, and he also does wine. It's so cool. So um, yeah, history, language, travel. There's just so many different angles. And you guys pull this apart in your podcast as well. Like Wine connects to so much. So a lot of our services are really built around the people on the app. Yeah, it was funny. I loved getting your email and our inbox, which we encourage any of our listeners to ever, and people who find or stumble upon us, that you said like it's the intersection of 
uh, representation in the wine industry that's not there, which are Black, Indigenous, people of color, women, non-binary. Also, unpacking the snooty of wine and telling what the story really is and these other little nuances that get caught up in a lot of baggage, at least wine in the world that we're all in um, North America, we're all in the US. And sometimes over here, it really gets tied into wealth, class, and other like politics in a way. So I really think it's kind of neat that your app is really breaking down some of those barriers to say, well, wine's not just about a price point or you have to have someone to pair it with. There's just other details that you really want to unravel in wine with your Psalms, it sounds like. Yeah. Um, what like a, a bunch of our Psalms really love to have wine with Taco Bell and they like have all these pairings that they recommend between themselves. And so we're really trying to just break apart that whole thing where in order to enjoy it, you need to kind of like it in a certain way and like it at a certain price point, like you said, um, and that there's this access point that you can reach or not reach. And really anyone can enjoy wine because everyone has like a mouth and nose and olfactory senses. It's just tasting like anything else. And so thinking about that, what might be your go-to wine? Or when you, you know, when you're having a glass, what's your favorite thing? Before it was, you know, like a, a Pinot Noir. But since starting Telesom, like, I don't even know how to answer that question anymore. I'm on this huge path of exploration where I basically like get the Psalms to, I consult with them and say like, okay, let's buy like 12 wines or, oh, what do you think about this? Um, and it comes up in tastings I do with them. So I now have this stash of wine that I don't know much about and I'm just tasting through it and like going through the process of discovering what I like. So I've really been trying to drink only white wines for like six months. Um, very rarely have I drunk a red because my whole adult life I was drinking red wine. I wasn't really like exploring whites at all. And there's really a lot there. So these days I'm really liking Chenin Blanc, like anything with Chenin Blanc. I'm like, oh, let's try that. That sounds good. That's interesting. And something you you should note is like, this is kind of a journey, but it's also, it sounds like an education and learning experience. So if someone was to stumble upon the Telesom app, what are some things you're hoping that they can walk away from, uh, whether it's an experience or coming to the app or website or anywhere else you live online? Um, what do you hope that a guest might come to Telesom and think or find? I'm hoping to inspire curiosity and discovery in people. It's, I mean, like I'm a multi-passionate person, as you can tell from my background, like there's lots of things that interest me. And so I just want to like facilitate other people to have curiosity and be willing to not know. That's a very uncomfortable space for a lot of people and to lean into that. And then also to learn themselves through the learning process is like, oh, this surprises me. Surprise good, surprise bad. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I come back to it. And I think wine is is very interesting in that way. There's lots of like moments of discovery in wine. And I think, you know, like um, people are used to going to a place for to experience a wine tasting and showing up and the wine is just there and somebody walks them through that and they taste it. And I wonder if you can tell our listeners a little bit about like, how does a virtual wine tasting even work? Yeah, there's different logistics involved. Like you don't have to get on a plane or like pack your flowy dress, although you can definitely wear the flowy dress. So you would consult with one of our Psalms and say, hey, I love these types of wines or, oh, my cousin hates red wine. So we got to only do white or whatever it is. Um, or we're making this for dinner. 
uh, select the wines that you want to taste with the Psalm Consulting. You run out and get them, or we can order them and have them shipped to your house. And I go, I know you guys have talked about that also on your podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty nice to have wine just like show up at your house. Uh, and then the Psalm and you and whoever else you brought with you jump online, kind of like we're doing right now. And um, the Psalm will walk you through the wines and they may again like take it from a language side take it from a food side take it from history winemaking there's so many different angles and they are all very like they're all very skilled in different aspects of of approaching wine and then our our tastings are very interactive because it's a small group of people and it's your people so you can ask questions and you can go down like little rabbit holes with the psalm um, and I find that people really end up towards kind of towards the end of it, like having a lot more questions that are a little bit off the off the menu, so to say. And that's it. I love how it can be personalized. Like you're saying, you know, like whether you want history or story or or different things. Are there any um, funny questions that you you know you said people kind of go off a little bit at the end? Like any funny questions or surprises or anything that's ever happened that you wanted to share? Uh, I mean, I'm not in most of them because it's a private thing. <laughs> the what? ones I've been in, I'm like, have I asked any silly questions? I can't think of any off the top of my head. But more like, what should I do with all this wine that I have now opened um, is a pretty mm-hmm. good question to ask. And you're with a pro who has drunk a lot of wine in their life. So they, they have good tips on on how to preserve wine for a long time. Important question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to ask you, what surprised you about this new adventure? Because I know we all have day jobs and we do some fun things like this on the side. So what's kind of been surprised this this venture of yours now? I didn't realize that there would be a community, like that I would be stepping into a community of people who are trying to do this. And also that I would be building a community around Telesom. And I didn't realize how people would use the app. Um, I didn't really put together like they will be using it to connect with their friends and family and it will be a part of their like social life. Um, And so like crazy things have happened, like people staying on the Zoom for like hours and hours afterwards. People. Yeah, there's just so much. Um, I've met some of the telesoms now in real life, which I now I'm like, oh, they're kind of my friends, I guess. Like it's an interesting experiment that I didn't expect anything like that. It's what I've said. Online life is real life. And the pandemic has made it actually more accessible and real for people to embrace this kind of modality. Um, What are some things you're thinking about as we transition the U.S. probably to in in place things? But it seems like this could still be around because you access different viewpoints in different regions of the world as well. So what are you thinking now as things open up and slowly uh, we leave our remote selves uh, some t- some shape or form. Eddie and Laura jumping in. This was recorded early in the summer. Things are obviously changing, but we'll talk about that next. Listen up. Yeah, I wonder if the remote selves will ever go away or if that's a part of our lives now. Um, I think we'll have to go to a hybrid model. I mean, so far, everything has been online. We're currently planning our first in-person event where the song will be like going into a room with the people, um, which is interesting. And exciting. It's been nice myself to reconnect with people in person. So I think that's probably the future. But like you said, that we're connecting people who are separated by distance mm-hmm. already, and that won't necessarily go away. So 
thinking about your your new adventure and some of the experiences that you're having, um, we always like to ask people like, what's something that is currently bringing you joy? Um, right now, I am like trying to get outside as much as possible. I live in Alaska, so we are like finally in nice weather. And I've been like foraging a lot, um, which brings me lots of joy because I'm like a goal oriented person. So I'm like, I'm going to go for a walk and I'm going to collect spruce tips. And it's much easier for me than if I was like, I'm going to go for a 45 minute walk. Um, so, yeah. What's the strangest thing you foraged for in your foraging times? I don't know if it's the strangest thing. I guess so. My mom is um, Samoan um, from the independent nation of Samoa, and she is uh, loves to forge in the ocean for things. So she really likes to collect like really weird stuff. Like, uh, well, to me, it's a little weird. Um, sea cucumber and like cut them open in the ocean and squish out the guts, which are just this like briny mess. So I've definitely helped her do that. Like against my will, I don't enjoy this, but she's all about it. What a good daughter you are then. That's hard work. (laughs) (laughs) And thinking back, like you do have a day job and I wonder how the work of Telesom connects back to that because I, I know some of our listeners have things on the side or things, pet projects and passion projects. How do you either weave the two together, connect the two or make sense of them or, or do you is the question. I, uh, I help people build software in my day job. I'm a project manager and a product owner. So I bring like some of those skills to Telesom. I built the first Telesom app. I just hired a group to build a second phase of the app. Um, so certainly like using that skill set in Telesom, I, have tried to keep them really separate. And um, a lot of people in my like professional day day job network have pushed me to not do that. And I always try to have like separation of church and state where like my employer gets my focus and then like my whatever I'm doing in the side like gets my focus. But I was like recently in the like newsletter of this large research group about Telesom because they're also trying to stimulate a diverse economy in Alaska. And so a start like a tech startup is is relevant in a lot of ways. Also was recently brought a song to the Alaska Shellfish and Seaweed Festival. I do lots of like mariculture work and aquaculture mm-hmm. data stuff. And so like a lot of my day job coworkers were there running the festival, but we were there just talking about how to pair wine with oysters, which is also fun um, to a bunch of oyster farmers, which was very like, it was so precious. It was wonderful. So there's like a loose thread there that you could be connecting the dots. And I wonder yeah. about that as we, you're right, separate our compartmentalize our lives a bit. There's probably more crossover and it's just how comfortable you are. And I, I, I get that totally. And I definitely, yeah. I think you have some opportunities there, but it's also where do you want those boundaries to permeate and come through? And yeah, it's a great question though. And you mentioned, um, you know, tech startup. And I think a lot of people are wondering how the heck do you even like start an app and get an app going? And like, what does that look like? And so I was wondering if you just talk a little bit about like how you got from like idea creation to actually like implementation. I don't guess ask this question enough, actually. I want to talk about this so much. Um, so I use like low code and no code tools. So you don't have to be a programmer to do them. And we do low code, no code stuff all day in our day lives. Like if you use Canva, that's low code. Really, you can mock up the design of an app using these low code tools. I use Glide, it which is run off of a sp- spreadsheet, Google Sheets, and you lay out the data that you want to show up and then you like click 
connect this spreadsheet to this app and you lay out how you want the app to look and it you have an app and they say you can build an app in five minutes did not take me five minutes there's a lot more to to what I put into Teleson than that but um, these tools I think are really dem democratizing access to technology in a way that we we did not have five years ago we just didn't have it and so a person like me who's in the sort of like gap generation of tech where basically like you know, I remember pre-internet, like I remember CDs before, like LimeWire and Kazaa, like all that sort of stuff. So I didn't have the programming in school. Um, I'm also like a woman and a woman of color. So like there were different people were telling me to do different things than like become a software programmer. So I am so grateful for these tools that allow someone like me and so many other people to like make a dream reality and then actually see it grow. I like that you broke it down to say like it is possible to do these things. Like we always distance ourselves from like UX stuff to app development. Like, but there's so many it's like great tools like Proteo. You can prototype what you would look like and see if this would work, and then build it off. Like you said, low code. Um, I also wonder a little bit about: Are you thinking now that you're being asked on a podcast? Like, how are you going to bring back in your audio skills? Because I want to know more about your music producing slash. Mm. everything else you do musically and musicality and audio wise, because I think your radio background, it sounds like would also have some asset into how you're listening and learning about, um, yeah, everything from coding to wine. Yeah. I, I do sort of this sort of like hangout thing with the Psalms semi-regularly. We call them pop-ups. So um, every like six weeks we do a pop-up and then I cut them into little audio bits and that kind of feeds my little like, Ooh, I'm working with sound waves again. And also to strip away the visual, like it, everyone has commented during the pandemic about how like zoom fatigue, a lot of it is in seeing yourself and being on camera. And if you step away from that, you can free up a lot of like resources in your brain. So I love like using audio in that way to just tell a story, a very short story about wine that again has that telesom spin of this is accessible, this is about taste. Um, I also launched our newsletter last month and I did put a playlist in there because I, I'm a radio, like a music radio DJ, not a talk DJ. And so I really, music is always a big part of my life, whether people know it or not. So I couldn't help myself. I'm not sure if I'll keep it up like in the next newsletter, but. You need a telesom Spotify list. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then we did do an event with um, one of the Psalms who's called like the hip hop Psalm. And so he blends hip hop and wine very seamlessly, but he paired wines, his classic his favorite wines with his classic favorite hip hop artists. It was very cool. That's awesome. I was wondering, I look at these questions that you shared with us because you have some around the um, kind of the pop-up, uh, pass, tell us on pop-ups. I wondered if you could answer a few of these. Um so we'll see what you're really excited about. So one of them is what food and wine pairing are you really hyped about these days? Oh, okay. Well, I just posted something. So I kind of have an answer. I was at a wedding this weekend, the first wedding since like being vaccinated. Um, and they, they got a moose and they, and they pulled like made pulled moose. So it was like barbecue and pulled moose and moose is kind of a little tough it's not fatty. So it really needs like sauce and all that. And then one of the Psalms had like recommended to me this bottle of Chenin Blanc bubbles. I think it's French and they're really complex and interesting and almost like 
a little balsamic in there, like almost a little vegetal, like not like any bubbles I've ever had before. And they really went well with the mousse. So I was just stoked because we were going to open that bottle. And then I found out there was still more mousse left. I was like, okay, we have to do this. That's my jam right now. That's awesome. I've been thinking about like, there is like a process, like our house had to have like, as our friend Edwin came over, he's like, get the glasses out. We need to clean these now. Like there's a cleaning of the glass process. There's been like, and this usually starts with a bubbly, like usually a white rosé bubbles. And like, they'd be like, okay, we're going to try this now. This will be the pre-red or pre-white before dinner. And then there'd be a red at dinner. Like, so like if you laugh at me, but if you come to my house, we have too many of every glass, but wine, especially. So I just laughed because I was like, oh yeah, we used to have it. It was kind of like a, uh, an event, a procession. So I wonder how um, your Psalms are thinking about doing that for people virtually. And what does that feel like when you have like little control of like someone has the box and you have, how do you educate them on that? And I wonder if what, what are those kind of logistical things that come up when you're in a virtual parent is what I was thinking about with Telesom. Yeah, they're really good at just starting where people are. Um, and that's re- what's wonderful about meeting them. And then also like sharing their process and, and people getting a peek into their life. And I think people just want to model them in a some way or like want to have an interesting conversation with this interesting person. And so it becomes this really dynamic back and forth. It's pretty cool. And like you said, yeah, we need more Psalms in our life. I'm like, I didn't know this when I was picking careers. I didn't know this was a career that you could just use your senses and yeah. Yeah. We need better career counseling and guidance counselors in our schools. This is something that's true. I found this to be true. Yeah. It is, it is absolutely true. I've always thought about it through the lens of like women in STEM, you know, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, but clearly there's also a gap in wine tasting. S, um, like double S STEM, sensory science technology. <laughs> I love it. Um, we talk, shared, I read this book and it takes a lot of work to become a psalm. Um, so I read the book, there was the ed tech or whatever journalist that took a year off and just studied to be a psalm. And I can't think of the book name, but I'll look it up. Um, and essentially it's like, you do have to retrain your senses in some ways. You have to rethink about the study in terms of culture and regions and also some of the etiquette around it. And um, we're really looking forward to showcasing, sure, that piece of something, but how it doesn't have to be so pretentious. And it's not always like you're going to be a sommelier in a restaurant. Like, so we hope that um, the series ahead kind of unpacks like the myths or the weird things that people think about. What's one kind of odd thing that people come to and said, huh, I never knew that about a sommelier until your app, until me meeting your psalm. Well, the one that really stuck out to me was I I heard it from two people and they said, can they help me pair wine with food? And I said, well, yeah, that's like their whole job really. And, but I think people only think about the wine part and they don't think like, this is the person, you know, beside my table, who's helping me choose wines to go with my food. In most cases, they are guiding what they would recommend. Um, And I think they they thought about the the suit jacket and the lapel and the you know the little napkin over their arm to catch a spill and there was missing like the bigger picture of these are people who love to use their senses of course they think about food a lot um so that one caught me off guard mm. i love that i just love the focus on making it accessible to people and, and meeting them and meeting them where they are 
Um, are there um, any wines that you hope um, either no one will ever find out about or you have like a little hidden secret gem? I'm not at that level yet, but some of the Psalms have told me they're like, oh no, that wine got a New York Times. Now everyone's going to buy it up and I'm not going to get my allocation and blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> so I'm just like some, some joker out here drinking wine. I don't have any top secret hidden ones just yet. I want Psalm sob stories to be part of your uh, Instagram pages these days. Um, so Psalm <laughs> sob stories. Uh, yeah. I was wondering like, since this isn't a podcast about story and we want to get yours and this is a longer interview because we're trying to get um, as to the, why you do what you do, but is there a story that maybe is resonating with you lately, whether it's the work you do or something else? I, I mean, one of the most inspiring conversations I had recently was with a Psalm who is originally from Detroit. He was living in Atlanta and he and his partner moved back to Detroit. And um, I know that Detroit went through a, like a renaissance, if you can say that, or a resurgence. It, it was new. I don't think it went back to what it was before, but in maybe like, what was it, 2012? Like after the global recession. And he said, he was just talking about all of the ways that Detroit was reviving, but also remaining really sustainable. Um, and, and was talking about how he left Atlanta because it was becoming overly gentrified in a way that was stripping it of culture, of authenticity, of making it accessible for anyone but someone who was wealthy and in most cases white. And so I thought, it just kind of sparked all of these things. And he was there doing wine and he's like, people are doing urban farming. There, There's restaurants, there's CSAs, and of course, wine. And how wine is somehow a part of this resurgence of Detroit and what that means to be like a part of an authentic movement to make a sustainable Detroit through wine. And it kind of was flipped on its head for me. Um, anyway, so that was the most interesting thing that I've heard recently, the last 48 hours. That's an interesting concept of like thinking about where you are locally. And I think that's what's interesting about the Psalms on your app, that they all bring the regions where they are and where they live and what they know and and some of their past and history with them too, which I think is kind of really neat. And I think you're right. Maybe we need to think about where we are at. And it's not just a few key wine areas of the world, um, but what's being grown around and developed around. And I think that's really important to remember. Yeah. Or that a Psalm was saying, like we were essentially doing an interview and he was talking about how he wanted, he was trying to avoid gentrification and doing wine somewhere else, which did you never think of that? Like wine being not a part of the gentrification process, but a part of this liberation of a community. So interesting. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to go Google that and see what else I can find out. I don't I'm like, I have to go to Detroit now, I guess. Yeah. Detroit's pretty badass. I'm not going to lie. I've got a lot of good friends there. My goddaughter's there. Um, I think it could use more local folks. Is there anything um, we didn't ask you that you want to bring up? I guess why I'm running it from Alaska. <laughs> yeah. What? What, the heck <laughs> is, what business do you have running it from the only state out there that's far away? Yeah. So tell us about what it's like to run a business from Alaska because your Psalms are not there and they're spread out a little bit. Yeah. Alaska is not known for being like a wine loving state. 
And for a long time, I, I thought, well, I'll just hide the fact that I'm in Alaska and I'll just say I'm on the West Coast and just sort of like cover over that. And when I realized I wanted Tilsom to be about this like individual journey of discovery, I was like, okay, I can't kind of hide where I am and why I am here. And so the reception has been really incredible. Like people really love to also know about Alaska and to know that there are wine lovers in Alaska um, and to think about the pairings with like our natural foods here. Alaska is like this incredibly bountiful place. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been very gratifying. And I also want to prove that wine does happen everywhere, even in a place where we can't even grow grapes. Mm -hmm. Um, to really take away the centers of like, it only happens in Paris. It only happens in New York. It only happens, you know, in South Africa and that wine lovers are everywhere and that we can all like make it something local, like you said, and also really personal. So yeah. that's great. I was thinking about that when you mentioned Detroit, how like we think California for wine. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like making it hyper local, but also international is kind of a part of the Telesom structure. Yeah, yeah I think building up across communities and in communities is really important. So I, th I think it's really good. Vanessa, we're really excited that you sent a, a random email to us and mm -hmm. that you agreed to be our fast friends. And uh, we're going to work on this new season together. So um, those who are listening and you're like, what the heck is Telesom? Get ready. There's going to be many episodes out there featuring the Psalms. So that's the goal. We're going to feature the Psalms. We're going to talk about Telesom. What else are we going to do? We're going to give some stuff Maybe. away. We're going to give some stuff away. That's right. Uh, wine. Wait, everybody loves a good giveaway. <laughs> Especially if it's wine. Um, and we're going to learn. So we're going to do a... Maybe some virtual wine tastings mm -hmm. to kick things off. We're going to learn a lot. We're going to fill our little wine books, notebooks. Yeah. And I'm just excited to hear their stories because yeah. you guys are going to tease different things out of them than I have so far. So I'm going to be listening with rapt attention. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you recommend that people use as they like taste wines to keep track of both? Like, this is what I learned about tasting or storage or whatnot, but also like, I liked this wine. I didn't like this wine, you know, kind of keeping track of the different wines. That's a really cool idea. I haven't even thought about like what would be recommendations for that. To me, it's so personal the way people learn um, and the way they retain information. So for me, it's just like a blank pad of paper, like a steno notebook and a pen. But there's probably more we could do in that regard. Patricia is just looking for how to form her notebook, essentially. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe it should maybe ask a psalm that. Yeah. Maybe an app add on. <laughs> Um, this is great. Well, Vanessa, we may have you back during the season, um, but we wanted to kick off this one with you so people can get to know you a little bit. And we might have you back because I probably have follow-ups. I didn't ask you about uh, producing and being a DJ, uh, helping with audio. I really want to know more about what you're doing in your day job. And yeah, so we might have you back to ask other questions. So uh, if people want to get in touch, we'll leave uh, details on where to connect to you via Telesom and people want to reach out to you and ask questions. Or if you're a Psalm that stumbled over here and you want mm. to meet Vanessa and get into that entourage of sommeliers she works with, um, we'll definitely link you to uh, where you can reach out to her. So it's been a delight to chat with you about your thanks, adventures. Thanks for talking with us tonight. Yeah, thank you both. Thanks for listening to an InVino Fab and Telesom production. 
the Somalia stories on Corking Wine Tales. If you liked this episode, tell a friend to subscribe and leave us a rating review in Apple Podcasts. Telesom brings the psalm to you. Check us out online at telesom.app or on Instagram at telesom.app. We can't wait to meet you.